I am Brian, and I am here this evening, sitting in the old brew room in North Texas at NBLB headquarters. I'm joined with the one, the only Frank from Austin. Frank, how are you? Doing well, Brian. Fantastic evening down here in the AUS, as it were. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. I it's would funny accept ATX. Everybody says AT. Yeah. Yeah, everybody says ATX, but our airport code is AUS, which is where everybody gets their acronym from is from the airport code code you know like i found that hilarious i noticed it the first time the other day i was like wait what and i've I've booked plenty of flights from austin but i was just like why does everybody call it atx but it's aus is the airport code we should really get that fixed austin texas baby i mean i guess abilene texas also would fall into that but their airport code's like yeah, abl only, <laughs> what like 15 people is what, yeah i mean 15 here's the shit what have you been got? to abilene <laughs> Send the city of Austin against Abilene. I bet one wins. Oh yeah, I mean, there's. I don't know. I honestly, I mean, it might be a pretty get good. Super high. One's yeah, I was gonna say high. it might be a pretty good, a pretty good battle royale to watch. Just a, a, a wave of smoke and then gun smoke coming the other direction. He's like, I don't. Hmm. Well, it's gonna be fun. Well, Austin got too high again. Sorry, <laughs> Austin <laughs> fell asleep on picnic tables. Uh, they started splashing around in the That's creek fair. by the battlefield. I don't know yeah. what happened. Eeyore's birthday is not this weekend, but apparently Austin thought it was. Okay. Oh, um, d- deep cut on Winnie the Pooh references. Jesus Christ. No, have you heard about the party that's Eeyore's birthday? No, I have not. I thought yeah, we'll get about into the it in a cloud. minute. We'll get into it in a minute. Uh, real quick, I wanted to show you what I'm drinking, see if you could guess what it is, because I bet you can't. Do you see? Uh, Line and Google's Berry Vice. Nope. See, that's what I thought you would guess, and it mm-hmm. is not. So I stopped by old. It's super red. Yeah, it is. I was not expecting this whenever I purchased this. Uh, so I went by old Target yesterday and uh, purchased. They had to buy one, get one, 25% off, craft four packs and six packs. So I was like, shit, yeah, okay. we're doing this. So I picked up uh, Firestone Walker Mind Haze, which I was drinking while we were dis- discussing precast. Love that beer. Uh, and then Sierra Nevada's Hazy or Wild Little Thing, Slightly Sour ale pale ale okay it looks just like i thought it was just gonna be like a wild ipa or like a sour ipa no my good friend uh it is slightly sour ale with guava hibiscus and strawberry (laughs) oh so it's the hibiscus that's doing that yeah and it's actually really good um i got i got took um this beer was brewed back in october of last year which typically I am a date a date boy. I will I will find the dates mm-hmm. on the bottom of a can to see if I want to purchase date it or queen, not. Date queen, as it were. Yeah, date queen, date queen. Well, we'll figure it out. We'll find a name for it. Um, yep. Anyway, this is a little long in the tooth, but it tastes really good. I think mainly because there's nothing else to it other than hibiscus and fucking strawberries. So already not too major of flavors that you can lose. Is it real refreshing? Because it sounds like it's real refreshing. Not as refreshing as you would as I would want it to be. If it was more tart, it would be more refreshing. But it's okay. got kind of a little cloying sweetness, and maybe that's the age showing up on it. But it's 
fucking really good and only five and a half percent alcohol by volume um an abv which i could find on the package parker sorry we still still going back and forth on the old put the abv on the mother carton i, I mean it's unfortunate that some people don't do that i i mean sierra nevada does but whatever parker says they don't i know they do it's a whole thing it's weird it really is anyway frank you um got a little hookup precast tonight you want to tell the, the good people what you're drinking? Yeah, yeah. so I started with the uh, Boulder Beer uh, Sco, which is their Buff Coal Gold Beer. And it's fantastic. It's uh, I equated it to the uh, Founders Gold series. Mm-hmm. We're going to bleep that, that out. They're, the Gold at- Lager. <laughs> so gold. this is probably the closest... Uh, that I've gotten that I can buy because we don't do founders on this cast, but um, for very obvious, you know, racist reasons, we don't support racists. Um, yeah, j- just in case anybody jumped in on this episode, um, <laughs> yeah, want to be sure we justify. We don't just not do founders. We don't do founders because, because they're, they're racist. Fucking racist. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if you don't believe us, just Google it. Uh, so Boulder Beer, uh, their lager, fantastic. Uh, really recommend it. Just got to Texas per Brian about two weeks ago. Highly recommend. Definitely buy it. Uh, then I turned to the Hazed and Infused, which is their re- original Hazy Ale. So it's like a Hazy Pale Ale. Nice. Uh, I'm going to give it... It's too bitter for me. Ooh, okay. For a Hazy. So I, I expect a little bit more... Um, Little put it, round, refined juiciness, rounded it juiciness. Bitter. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have that. So to me, this is fine. It just finishes too bitter. So if I were to choose, I'd get the gold, uh, the sco. If you like bitter pale ales, uh, you'd love the hazed and infused. I don't, so it'll probably be my last one. I. You know, I should have read it. It said juiced, hazed, and then danked. And whenever Colorado says dank, they mean like fucking weed dank. Wait, wait for the end. Yeah. Um. So I, I should have known it was going to be a bit much. But, Simcoe um, hops. That's all I need to read in a beer that's under like six and a half, seven percent ABV. If this has Simcoe in it. Yeah, Simcoe. Okay. Cat pee. It finishes super, super bitter. Yeah. Well, okay, super bitter for a pale ale. I'm not like. Had more bitter beer, but this is, uh, this is not, um, it's not it for me, but you might enjoy it. I, I, I know enough about it to know it's good for some people. It's not good because I don't like, you know, this kind of flavor profile. Hey, you know what though? I think that is more powerful than like being able to identify what a good beer is versus what a beer you think is bad is a really powerful tool that, uh, comes with. Great training, Frank. I'm very proud of you for being. You gotta consume a lot of beer. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Which I, (laughs) I have been doing a lot of lately. Uh, So much so that I decided to uh, break out the old homebrew equipment and brew a beer this afternoon. I saw. I saw that. Now you did miss an ingredient. I missed an ingredient that is really only necessary to uh, true beer nerds and myself and Derek. Uh, Would you mind uh, letting the cast know what that is before we start? Did you? Oh, did, oh I was going to say, I, re- I revealed it in the thread, um, but I, I... Yeah, but I don't know. Is it pronounced Wilfcro or Wilfro? It's, I might have misspelled it because I was in the middle of brewing, but it's Whirlflock. Whirlflock is Whirl, a... Whirl... Okay. It's a clarifying agent, which I... 
it is it's like a hot side uh, clarifying agent it's pre-fermentation clarifying so basically what it does is it kind of um there are certain proteins and like solids in the boiling wort uh, when you're done boiling you typically throw in whirl flock and basically it pulls uh, a lot of those heavier uh, solids down and makes it easier to get a clear beer into the fermenter well, I didn't have any whirl flock because I haven't brewed in almost two years. Uh, so I forgot that I didn't have any. Um, so when it came time, back in the back in the day, 2013, 2014, when Derek and I were brewing a ton, whirl flock was my favorite thing. Ever, at the 10 minutes left in the boil, I'd come in and fucking dunk like, that shit. Fixed his beer. <laughs> I'd dunk that shit. And come flake. At one point, I was like making like the SWAT, like posterizing moves to dunk Whirlflock into this. In the Whirlflock, it's a pill. It's like literally smaller it than a looks, quarter. It actually looks like an ant an an, an ant acid without coloring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same size. And imagine a grown-ass man throwing that with utmost velocity into a 10-gallon stainless steel. Dunking it, as it were. dunking the shit out of it. Famously, um, I came in. Our, our buddy Andy was over uh, at Derek's apartment when we were brewing. And uh, I had a timer set on my phone. I was like, oh, pff, 10 minutes left in boil. I'm coming in with that whirl flock. And I like parted them. They were standing by the in between the door and the boil kettle. I parted them out of the way, slammed the whirl flock, and just, you know, <laughs> whirl flock like I was hitting a Kobe shot from outside the arc. And Derek just looked at me and goes, dude, I already put that in. I was like, oh, fuck. And so we double clarified double it. Double clarified. It does nothing to the beer other than wasting like a dime. So I was like, god damn it. So. Ran out of that, but I made a, um, I, I call it the General Beauregard Saison um, that I, I enjoy making. It's a, uh, it's like 60-40 uh, pale ale malt and white wheat malt uh, with some uh, flaked wheat thrown in there, some rice hulls, some acidulated malt, and a little dash of Vienna. So I, I bought this to go along with my brew system that I purchased uh, back at the beginning of February. Mm-hmm. Uh, took a little while actually i guess it was the end of february i didn't read the fine print on the brew system which said it was back ordered until fucking may <clears throat> so the homebrew supply store sent me all the ingredients and i was like oh fuck <laughs> gotta- so has 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 homebrewing been suffering the same thing from the pandemic as like bread baking <laughs> uh no uh, okay so the brewing system that i bought is uh it's an all-electric uh, basically electric brew, stainless steel brew in a bag system um, which is really nice because I can do 120 or 240 without buying any different plugs I just flip a switch and I've, I've got higher uh, powered elements and shit it's a really nice setup um, but it's all stainless steel and over the last two years stainless steel has been really tough to get because mm-hmm. of some fucking taxation that we decided as a collective Republican party um, decided to put on some of the largest stainless steel producing countries. So, Oh, you're talking about tariffs. Yeah. 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 Those little guys. Remember those things that were supposed to protect steel companies in America? Always does. Yeah. Always does. Can't go go wrong with tariffs is what I always say. Yeah. I mean, really and truly when you have a fucking robust steel production society, like we have today in the United States, we can meet every demand Mm -hmm. at least within the fiscal quarter. We can meet that said demand on a very small scale. Don't make it. Yeah. Biden needs to reverse that shit right away. So the thing, you know, not to kind of digress, but to digress, 
this man's been in power for what now? 60 days. Mm-hmm. Um, he's getting judged as though he's been in power for four years. Right. Give the man a fucking break. Um, hey, he hasn't tried to stop <laughs> fucking religions from coming into this country like someone else exactly. did in the first 60 days. Exactly. Are you fucking kidding me? Just pump the fucking brakes here. <laughs> it's going to take about two years to reverse everything that Trump did. Yes, the next thing he should focus on is the border. He should make sure the kids get out of cages. He and should make sure Ted Cruz stays policy. on the other side of the border or just, you know, out he of should orbit. Just permanently exile him to Cancun because he loves the Brits there. Loves it. Um, but it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's so fucking tiring to see the double standard of like, oh, look at all this shit that he's not doing. Yeah, dude. What did you expect? Like a light flip, a light switch just flips and everything goes back to no. It takes a long time, and he's got to get meaningful legislation passed. There's a lot of work to be done. He knows that. It's it, it, we've had a DHS secretary for like three weeks. Yeah. Give it a fucking minute. Pump your fucking brakes. I understand. We should all be offended. We should all be real pissed about the fact that there are. Uh, uh, families being separated at the border, whatnot. If it's still that case in three months, give me a call. But I bet it won't be. Right. Um, it takes a long time to to steer a ship as big as DHS to get the border patrol under control. I, I guarantee you that fucking dumbass Republican stunt down at the border. Ted Cruz had the number to one of the fucking uh, agents down there. He's like, we're going to plan a trip down to fucking McAllen. That's probably how he says it. And he was like, uh, yeah, let's, you know, put on a fucking show. It's like a fucking documentary crew went down there to show what happens every day, which is people trying to swim across the Rio Grande. And then it, it actually happened that the Border Patrol, like, told them to wait and then swim when the cameras were going. Like, right. I mean, God damn it. Like, the, America's not this fucking stupid. Just unbelievable it is it's fucking it's i mean back to funner topics i think the saison's gonna turn out okay i think you know i know that's I what everyone was thinking about it was they were worried about it so uh two two so major hold on, wait 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 but you brewed outside so you got a little bit of natural yeast in there no fuck no i always brew outside and never get natural yeast in there because i'm boiling really yeah, okay so uh okay. real quick the you only way you don't actually leave it open at Yeast no, I I put apps. it under okay. I I put it under liquid as soon as I cool it down as far as I can cool it. Which today was weird. Usually I can go from boiling to about eighty degrees uh, in about twenty minutes. Um, for some reason, my groundwater was really fucking hot. I don't understand what because I have a counterflow chiller that I run out of my outside garden hose bib. And the, you know, at this time of year, groundwater is usually pretty cool. And I can chill. I can chill. You know, boiling work down f- pretty efficiently. I had everything running slow and slow, um, and I was I got boiling work down to about ninety degrees. And I was like, "Son of a bitch!" So right now it is unpitched. I don't have yeast in the carboy yet, um, but it's cooling down in my swamp cooler. Under <laughs> it's it's so wild. My ambient house temperature is like 70, 71 degrees. And I have my swamp cooler in my laundry room, and I've got that thing down to 61 or 60 degrees just by soaking a towel in water and turning a box fan on it. It's so wild how, how fucking water and wind work. 
<laughs> but yeah, so I'll be pitching that yeast after the podcast tonight, and um, we'll take a gravity reading. I think. So I've read, you know, I'd read that if you're doing a boil, a brew in a bag, this is what I developed this this recipe for. Um, that you don't, you may not get as much efficiency your first couple times, so you may need to uh, offset for adding more grain to up the, you know, your original gravity, basically. Well, I did that, and uh, doing it on my old system, I was like, well, this is going to be a big-ass beer. <laughs> I think it is. So pre-boil gravity was 1043, uh, which uh, after boiling off like a gallon and a half of water because it was so windy outside, I think we're going to have a big old Saison on our hands. Uh, okay. I, it, we're going to see We're gonna see how it goes, but I used all Nelson Sauvin hops, uh well, not all. I used Hollertau for bittering at 60 minutes, uh, one ounce, and then I used one ounce of Nelson Sauvin at five minutes and one ounce of Nelson Sauvin at zero minutes and then stirred like a motherfucker to whirl, Whirlpool because this is the uh, the Brian Whirlpool because my system yeah. is very manual right now uh, to the point where I have to fucking pick up hot-ass wort and stack it precariously on uh, on my gravity-fed system. Uh Whirlpooled it for about five minutes, and then about another ten minutes it took to start transferring into my carboy or cooling down. So it's it's going to be an interesting beer. Um, we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm planning on kegging it um, and kicking kicking off the spring brew time with a saison and a hard seltzer. We'll see how this goes. That's pretty badass. I'm I'm excited for the old hard seltzer. I've done some some science. Now, did you did you well, are you declaring the fact that your hard seltzer is just gonna be Topo Chico mixed with vodka? No, I'm not. I'm actually fermenting uh fermenting yeast and sugar with yeast nutrient and a few other uh, Brian, you should have just gone with a bit. Oh, oh, oh! I'm sorry. Yes, yes, I am. I'm going to pour a bottle of Tito's into some Topo. Tito's and okay, Topo. Fair enough. Although I, I say enough. that, but Topo Chico Hard Seltzer launched in Dallas Fort Worth this week. So I mean, you can just go buy it at the store if you want to do that. And just to be clear, I'm, it is I'm not. Sorry? It is not Topo and vodka. It's actually fermented. Uh, oh, I, I don't. I don't really care what it is. But Topo Chico has a hard seltzer now. Yep. Okay, way above Sonic hard seltzer on my list. That is bound to be fucking delicious. Yeah, I mean, it's still made by Coca-Cola. It's Coca-Cola's first venture into... Uh, Don't give a shit. Don't give a shit. It's Topo Chico. I'm oh. buying it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I go ahead. I mean, I'm all for it. <laughs> uh, all right, so on a also happy note... Okay. I watched this... Uh, I get deep into YouTube's sometimes, YouTube? and I watch this. Yeah, I watched I watched a episode of. Uh, I don't really know what it was actually. My Vice. It might have been Vice. I remember the, the episode. I just can't remember who did it. I think it was Vice. But uh, there's a sports writer who's been writing. So he wrote uh, from Illinois. Wrote all of Muhammad Ali's career, which kind of launched him. Okay. And then he started writing about the masters essentially any significant sporting events over the last 50 years he's written about. Okay. Been to like 52 world series, 58 masters, like something stupid. Okay. This this dude retired, <coughs> excuse me, uh, three years ago. And then he started writing 
about high school girls basketball. Is it David Kindred? Or that's Dave him. Kindred? Yes, that's him. And if you want just a wholesome story of a guy paying it back to society, paying it back for the things that he knows he probably should have been more focused on, but wasn't, um, this guy is like, so he, he's, he's declared that for the rest of his life, he will only write about women's sports and that's his payback to title nine because they deserve more coverage and, and they deserve to be lauded for their accomplishments and whatnot. Go watch that. I think it's like an 18 minute video uh, about his career. I watched it last night. Dude is just super humble, incredible writer. Um, he he publishes an article after every single one of uh, this. Uh, no, it's 60 minutes. It's 60 right. minutes. CBS News covered it, yeah. Yeah, after every single one of these uh, games that these girls play, just watch it. It, it. it aired, actually it aired Sunday. Yeah, three days ago. Um, yeah, it, it, worth your time. It's It's just a heartwarming... A dude who knows his priorities, knows where his legacy will lie, and it's not going to be with covering Muhammad Ali. It's going to be with, you know, giving fair coverage to the sports that are underserved, i.e. women's sports in general. It's amazing what people can do, like what professionals can do when they aren't beholden to someone else's priority. Like when they do what is, like when true professionals do what's right, like this guy, like it's so cool. Like they are, they know what they're fucking doing. They know how to talk about these sports and how to talk about the athletes. It doesn't matter that the athlete is a dude. It doesn't matter if the athlete's a professional. Like it's just talking. It's telling the story of sport, which is, I mean, ultimately that's why so many people are drawn to sports. It's the story of the struggles of life. Like you struggle in sports, you struggle against yourself, you struggle against outside forces to persevere in this end game. It's the it's the fucking story of life, uh, and it's but it's also the reason why it's so difficult for people to draw themselves away from it. Like if you've mm-hmm. ever played a sport, right? Um, the only thing that fulfills that part of your being is sport. There's nothing that you can say. Like, let's say every single sport in this world had a scandal, right? Yeah, and they're like, no more sports. I don't know what I would do with myself. Like it's that, it's that element of, it comes down to, let's take for instance, and and you know, Brian knows, I watch a shit ton of different sports. Um, And whether it's rugby, whether it's cricket, whether it's hockey, whether it's basketball, whether it's baseball, whether it's football, whether it's soccer, I have teams in all of those sports that I know the players on. I know what's going on in the team. I love sports. And it's not just for, you know, the the fact that I want to be able to talk about it. It's for the fact that, like, the competition to me is so captivating. And it just is, it's enthralling. And <clears throat> whether it's um, the Scotland-England game that was played the other day that was, like, down to the fucking wire and Scotland pulls it out or, you know, it's the Timberwolves who are a shit team that might be in the fourth quarter and pull pulls out a victory. You know, it's just, it's the fact that people show up and compete 
at the highest level and pull something out is incredible and should be written about regardless of their sex, uh, uh, race, whatever it may be, right? That could, that could deter people. And um, I find it just so incredible that this dude who had covered sports at the highest level for so long and, you know, had this epiphany that he was maintaining a system that was not fair towards because American sports coverage is not fair towards minor sports. It's the reason soccer in this country is only now kind of having their, their um, building moment. And it's, it just wasn't talked about a lot in part. Thanks to the U S women's national team that that discussion is even happening, which is wild. And and, well, also a lot of immigrants, right? Like a, a, a lot of immigrants changed the way sports are being covered. I mean, look at Willow TV. You can now get a cricket channel in the U.S. When I moved here, uh, the only way I got to watch cricket was Sin-tanta. to listen through it. Oh. <laughs> was to, no, listen, listen. Yes, yeah, Tanta was like <laughs> revolutionary, but it was way after. Um, I used to uh, find links for radio stations and broadcast them over real player. Ooh. Back in the late 90s, uh, so that I could listen to a cricket game taking place. Now, if you've ever seen cricket, uh, <laughs> imagine listening to the, it, okay? The bandwidth that that must have taken over time. Like, you you better not have been... If you were on an AOL free CD, you were going through at least three CDs per cricket match. Well, it, it would be lasted playing like in the background, days. but it... No, dude, I would I would walk around Pretoria with my Walkman tuned into Radio 2000 in like 1994 listening to cricket i mean i i i love cricket it's a similar story um, to me growing up at central oklahoma and following the detroit red wings in 94 95 similar situation altogether because i less was commitment at, similar I, well here's the deal fucking espn2 had just came out and that's how you caught up on regular like weekday hockey are you kidding oh, that's me the shit yeah it's so, fucking wild you got that no, shit so, illegally so, too. No, the Wild R hockey team. The Wild R hockey team. Uh, no. So, in wild. any case, um, you know, it's those sports have come to a point now where I can watch them. I can watch rugby on NBC. I can watch rugby on ESPN. These are great things, and and the the American consumer wants these sports. Yeah. And it's good to see that. Um, a, a person who has spent their whole life advancing the core sports has decided I'm transferring and I'm only going to cover women's sports from now on. It's, it's a really good thing. Uh, it's really wholesome and really important. Um, there will, I mean, if you watch the UConn Baylor game the other day, that is some of the best basketball I have seen all year. Yeah. Men's women's doesn't matter. It was incredible basketball. Um, I would imagine in the next 10 to 15 years, <clears throat> if not sooner, there will be a women's league bigger than the NHL. Here's the deal. Uh, a girl from my hometown, uh, a woman from my hometown, won the women's NIT. Like her and like she led Rice to the women's NIT championship, which I get it. Women's NIT. I've never seen my hometown as fucking pumped up as like, ever as like, hey, hometown hero leads rice 
to a women's NIT. Like, fuck it. We're talking about rice? Rice? So, you know, you know the, the um, well, there's no championship yet, but the Yukon uh, lady, uh, uh, Bucker, that is currently, I think it's Bucker or Becker. I can't remember. I honestly, <clears throat> I watched my first uh, NCAA women's basketball game the other night, and it was UConn and um, Baylor. And, and and to be frank, <clears throat> I understand the competitiveness is not quite there yet um, in in women's basketball. Like it is, some of the games are unwatchable because UConn will be up by forty points, right? Um, but it, it, at at the top level of these leagues, the these these women teams compete really well against each other. Um, yeah, Becker. So she uh, she played at Willems High School. Really? Uh, but, well, obviously Willem wasn't there, but she's at Hopkins <laughs> yeah, High School. She's fucking nineteen. <laughs> Hopkins <laughs> Hopkins High School grad. Um, and yeah, she went on. She's she's now the uh, All American uh, Associated Press best player in the country, women's basketball. I'm telling you, the women sports coming up are different oh yeah they're gonna be mainstream the barca femini team that's what they're called barca femini they uh they're actively mm. like out selling tickets <laughs> yeah um compared to the men's team because the men's team had a down year last year people are like all right we're gonna support the femini sorry chelsea fc women the their coach, one of the winningest coaches in all of European football at the moment, and they are fucking yeah. killers. I I re- legit enjoy watching Chelsea women's team, and anytime that the uh, United States women's national team is on, I'm dragging my daughter into the room and we're watching it together because it's fucking awesome to watch. Like I mean, well, honestly, it, soccer in general, love watching just about I anybody th- play. But I agree, but I think also there's something to be said for the 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 game right in in general right women are shorter the 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 field dimensions don't change right the the hoop is still 10 feet off the ground so you're dealing with fundamentals you're dealing with the way basketball is supposed to be played instead of this new version that the men play that is also entertaining in and of itself but Defense doesn't matter because if you have a seven footer, <laughs> who can guard him, right? Yeah. Um, so in in the female game, it, it it honestly is much more fundamentally sound. It is, in my opinion, at the top level, more entertaining. You're seeing a lot less flopping. You're seeing a lot less bullshit basketball playing. It's pure, unadulterated. Like, I'm better. You're better. Let's see who's better. Um, yeah. It, you know, it's it's it, it, to me, it's a much more sort of, you know, I would equate it to rugby. Like in rugby, you can't really cheat. You're just going to get your ass beat. Um, so it's it's I, I like that about it. Now, do I think there's going to be some professional female football league? That's probably more difficult. Um, I mean, it's it, that's a whole different nut to crack. Right. Like you're talking about. <clears throat> something where there's like this 400 pound dude playing center for the fucking Minnesota Vikings. 
I, I don't really know that there's going to be enough recruits. Uh, but maybe maybe they change football in a different way. That could be entertaining as well. You know, uh, like it's not. I think football should. I'm not going to say no, but I think football maybe. should change uh, in a lot of different ways. And one of the reasons I've stopped watching football in general, and that's coming from a person who, like, fo- football was my life. I mean, that's kind of an understatement in the fact that like how much time I spent practicing, playing, competing, getting other people involved, like coaching. I did all that shit in high school and in college, like just loving every aspect of football, both pro and collegiate. And like, I just, I can't anymore. I really, I can't, I don't see the value in it as like uh, bringing value to society. I see the, the carnage that's left behind of people who have played football, even for like a, a moment in high school and like how it, it does, it brings very little good. Um, and it's, it sucks because I really enjoy the fundamentals of the game. Like you said, like when you, when, if you're, if you enjoy watching basketball, watching like set plays and fucking actual skill and precision coming into play, like that basketball is really fun and enjoyable to watch. That's how I feel about like fundamental football. Like it's really enjoyable to watch. What's not enjoyable is like. Oh, was his two feet in bounds or was it a spearing or is he's going to get ejected? And I don't fuck that. Fuck all of that. Fuck it all. Like if you can't figure out how to that's tackle. That's always been the problem. I know, it, but it's all, it's like, so it's, I don't know. They want innovation and they want viewers and they want eyeballs when in fact they really need to focus on like, okay, how can we change this game to make it more acceptable to everyone and like at the same time by doing that or acceptable to everyone. I'm meaning like the viewers, uh, but at the same time, like they don't want to take that moment in time to step back and reflect. Like there's some, there's a, I forget, I think it was on Pat McAfee's podcast. He was talking about how, uh, when the XFL did their thing a couple of years ago, uh, they redid a bunch of rules and the way the, they did their rules were like, they were prototype NFL rule changes and they went ahead and implemented them in the beginning of the X, the new relaunch of the XFL. And they were all like pro player safety, uh, but also pro like fan enjoyment entertainment. Yeah. yeah. And like, okay, why can't, why can't the NFL do something like that and football in general do something like that? And then it becomes like, well, we want the pure the way it used to be. Like, well, the way it used to be, there's no fucking forward passes. So suck my ass. Exactly. There's there's <laughs> actually no pure form of football. It's, no. Um, it's a bastardized you know, version of like three different sports, and we want to act like it's our own. Same way with baseball. Like, the fuck are we doing? Mm-hmm. Like, you're just playing cricket with directions. Fuck off. Like, <laughs> but but baseball has its own level of entertainment. Like, I I. I I understand. <clears throat> hey, I like baseball. I understand why people don't like baseball. It's the same reason I like cricket. And best I understand why people hate cricket. Best thing to come to baseball is the fucking shot clock on the pitcher's mound. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, and, and cricket has the same thing. Pace of play could cost you the ability to score runs during your fucking innings, which only makes sense if you know what an innings is. But uh-huh. I, apparently, um, in my mind, an inning is a sun up and sun down. That's an inning, I think. And then, it could be. It could be. It could be multiple suns up and suns down, to be honest. That's terrifying. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so um, you know, the Ella, okay, so if, if we break down sports, it is competitiveness. It is, uh, like, proving uh, athletic superiority as a team. You know, like those are things that I think we can all appreciate as mm-hmm. uh, entertaining and, and actually very important to just human well-being. I was going to say appreciation to preparation is 
undervalued in this society. Yeah, but the thing that I think football is missing the boat on and everybody else is like, probably should consider this is you cannot do that at the cost of human lives. No. And football has thus far attempted to kind of skirt this line, you know. I am I'm in the boat where it's like um here's what I'll say. I think there have been some rule advances in 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 football that have that have assisted, but they're they're going about it the wrong way. In football, if you lessen the padding, if you lessen um the how do like if if your defensive tactic was to bring a player to the ground and not destroy not them destroy. mentally, mm-hmm. um, you would you would be much better off as 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 an entire sport. Uh, and unfortunately, it doesn't seem to even it doesn't cross be, their mind. Well, it, it's not even being introduced at the pee wee level, so. Uh, like yeah, okay, because... if the ten-year plan is foot in football is, you know, pads are going to be one fifth of the size they are today in ten years, and these are all the people playing with those pads today. Yeah, we could get somewhere, but they're not doing that. And unfortunately, you know, a wrap on a tackle is subjective. Uh, there is a correct way to tackle. There is a wrong way to tackle. We're trying to solve that via fucking instant replay which is which stupid is dumb yeah don't um don't, don't you need solve. to fundamentally change the way the game is taught and yeah people are just gonna get bored i mean it's not the the nfl currently is the hot fucking shit baseball was a hot shit in the 50s like and in the late 90s fleet, they're, they're think fleeting. about how shitty yeah. the nfl was in the late 90s and how bomb yeah. ass the mlb was mainly because of steroids but you know what like that was a whole different beast but altogether it's all fleeting. Yeah. Like, hey, I, there, there's no, there's no reason baseball can't be the next big sport. Like, it's, it's, yeah, the NFL is, they're dreaming if they think that like people are just gonna sit around and they, watch like Des Bryant get CTE by forty five, right? Like, no, like oh yeah, we like to see him in a fucking Stephen Hawking down the fucking sidelines. That's great. Uh, no. oh, like, Des, NHL, thanks for that one catch. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, which it wasn't a catch, according to like half the NFL. You know what I mean? Oh, I meant the other catch. I meant yeah, the other. Oh, catch. the other catch. Yeah, that was a catch. No, uh, but like you look at a sport like the NHL, and, like you want to talk about a sport that could just embrace the violence. They absolutely would, but they don't necessarily it's like controlled violence mm-hmm. and that's like no but no but but they have specific rules yes if you actually punch someone in the head in the nhl now you were suspended yeah like it's not <laughs> if you look at their punching it's like shirt grabbing and tugging it's tugging it's literally it's pulling someone you're you're not knocking yeah. someone to the ground you're pulling someone to the ground and then you both get penalized for fucking 15 minutes whether you threw the punch or not like it's no f- five. Oh, is it five it's either a five minute major Mi- or a two minute minor oh okay normally they do two minute minors if you if it's multiples, someone, it's a five-minute major. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, and then if it's multiples, then you're fucking ejected. But then you get, yeah, you get a real problem, man. And they didn't do it in the way that soccer does, which is if you really fuck up, you're down a man the entire time. No, they were like, hey, you can still get a sub, you know. But you know, but I, I also like the NFL doesn't have penalties that matter. No. And and 
That's a problem. They're all situational if, if penalties. You, <laughs> they're all situational. If you look at a sport like rugby, if you fuck up enough times and you commit enough penalties, you lose a player. Yeah. So, okay, you could choose. Lose your safety. No more safety. Cool. <laughs> That's uh, going to change the dynamic of the cornerback. game. <laughs> cool. Lose a cornerback and lose two wide receivers and now try to score. <laughs> Make the penalties matter and see these teams change on their own. Yeah. Um, they don't want to do yellow cards. They don't want to do red cards. I don't. Why? Every other sport hey, here's has the deal. adopted it. Here's the deal. Pride FC, which was a kickbox, a Japanese kickboxing uh, championship. Uh, they also did some ground fighting, but it was mainly kickboxing. Uh, Pride was the first mixed martial arts organization to introduce the yellow card. And they did the yellow cards for stalling. So if you were not engaging with your opponent, uh, like whether it be on the ground or standing up, or if you had an illegal uh, strike, which there were very few illegal strikes, they allowed fucking kicks to the face in Pride. But they introduced the yellow card. And the yellow card, it meant 10% of your purse went to your opponent straight away. And it, it was subjective on the referee, but the referee always called it, like, if there was ever an option or opportunity, they would warn them before the yellow card happened, and then they would yellow card them. You start taking away people's money in a fucking fight purse like that, people are going to engage differently. But that was a way to do it rather than in the UFC where you have someone who has an inadvertent knee to the head on a person who has one knee on the ground. Like, okay, that's a disqualification. You lose your, like, you lose 50% of your purse and everything. Like, it's all, all right there. Whereas, like, just don't fucking allow it at all and uh, change the way that people engage. Like, if someone's in transition standing up, you disengage altogether. You can't grapple with that person. Yes, it changes the way the fight game happens, but at the same time, it also protects both people in the end, and it increases the entertainment value. Like, but, but okay, so also the UFC it, doesn't it, do yellow cards, which is a fucking problem in and of itself. It puts consequences on behavior. Yes. Like, if if you have a guy like let's let's put it this way, Darren Sharper, right? One of the most helmet to helmet. Now. Back in the day, it wasn't understood, but doesn't make it right. One of the most helmet first tacklers in the NFL, period, ever, period, of our time. A lot of periods. I watched the NFL, okay? Um, <laughs> of our time if, that I watched the NFL. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been, I know, I know I, I've only, I, I need to declare, I've only watched the NFL since 97, right? <laughs> That's when I was able to. I was in this country. Oh, you missed why the um, Dallas Cowboys rule, I guess. God, man, you got a lot of catching well, up to well, do. Well, put it to Roy Williams. Remember Roy Williams in his prime? Defensive back Roy Safety? Williams. Uh, yeah. Receiver Roy Williams or the Kansas no, no, head no, no, coach no, no. Roy Williams. <laughs> only only defensive back. Okay. And dude who led with the helmet every time. Yeah, University so, of Texas' own Roy Williams. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So if, if, you, if you had consequences, red cards... Right. For players that live with the helmet and you cannot replace them, you now have to scheme with 14 defensive players. Ten. The game would. Oh, sorry, 10. What ten, am I doing? Yeah, I know. That's rugby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, but the game would, it would police itself, mm -hmm. right? It, you, you would get a, a, a completely different tackle football landscape. Uh, it's the reason the NBA has a technical foul. Now, granted, in the NBA, can't really play five on four the court's too small mm. so what they end up doing is they take out your best player yeah <laughs> uh, which is which is fine right like if your best player gets two technicals they're gone you're gonna have to figure it out um and yeah i'm sorry your ball boy might need to play so <laughs> it's why don't they have enforcers in the nba is what i want to know 
You know? Well, that's right. Why why don't they have enforcement? <laughs> okay, so, hey, I'm but in any case, right, like, one. <laughs> the NFL needs to introduce a yellow card, red card system. Yeah. Automatic red for helmet to helmet. No questions asked. Helmet to helmet. Done. You're out of it. And see how quickly the game changes. Because this whole like 15 yard penalty, you're out of the game, but another safety gets to come in. Da 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 da. It's yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. We have the mo- the like top fucking 64, like the number 64 in the world at this position. Sure, I'll fucking take him. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I'll just do the other I, dude. I don't give a fuck. I like. That's he's not still, a consequence. No. It doesn't make the game change. No, I but I really like that in, idea. In rugby, in, hey. in rugby now, if you get kicked out of the game. You probably don't get chosen for the next international contest because oh, yeah. they're like too You're much a of a risk. risk. The dude, the dude can't control himself. It'll it, it watch, like you said, watch these contracts fall if there's consequences for what you're doing. Well, it doesn't Premier League like or in any European league soccer. Like mm-hmm. if you are a consistent, if you're consistently carded. I mean, because even in European soccer, if you get two what two yellow cards in five competitions, five cons- consecutive competitions, you miss the next you, game. You're automatically suspended. Like yep. that puts a real like protection on like your actions. You can't be reckless. You can't go out with reckless abandon and fucking try to slide tackle everyone on the planet. Like pump the brakes, kid. Just the same way that like if you got two, you know, two ejections and ten games in the NFL, peace. You don't get to play in the playoffs at all. Like see what the fuck happens mm-hmm. then. Like I think that would be. No, I mean, it's, could it's, you imagine it, high it, low blocking, like high or chop blocking on the line? It would be eliminated. Oh, it would be eliminated if you had to play with four offensive linemen. Get the fuck out! You are screwed. Like you have a tight yeah. end permanently. Good luck. All right, cool. Like it's going to change the way. No, people and play. It, it it would change the game completely from a skills position, mm-hmm. right? Like a an individual who could play tight end, wide receiver. Defensive end would be way more valuable than someone who is a, you know, a slotted position player. But more importantly, it it levels the aggression because yep. that's what the NFL needs to do. It needs to completely level out this reckless, abandoned sort of I don't give a shit about anybody but my career Um and I, I know people are like, well, I'm sorry. I didn't intend to do that. Dude, in the heat of the moment, you think you that have... dude didn't want to fuck him up. He definitely did. Yeah. Um, well, did he think thing... it was going to impact his ability to make money for the rest of his life? No, he did not. He no. did not intend for that to be the outcome. No, but that's also not what goes to their pissed. mind when they decide to put a pistol down their pants and go to a fucking nightclub and shoot themselves well, in the foot. True, yeah. Like, these oh, are the God same damn. people we're talking about. Like, but that's, <laughs> this is true. that's the thing. But like, yeah, give, give, give the game consequences. Not momentary. Yeah, I listen. I'm I'm all for like even in the fucking thing that annoys me the most is the term was fast twitch reflexes. Oh god, damn. I fucking. And hate this is that. a time of the year when it comes down to that shit. It's like NFL draft, but look at his quick. You want twitch muscles, and you're mm-hmm. like, what in the fuck are you talking about? Like, Real quick, you commit you, to, you commit to a tackle, and you're just gonna twitch out. Yeah, and like oh, no, juke. no, no. You want to talk about. <laughs> fast twitch reflexes fuck the nfl fuck baseball fuck the nba look at formula one drivers and their fast twitch reflexes watch a formula one driver practicing with his crew chief okay before races they'll do like what they call like the the tennis ball trick where the uh manager or the 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 fucking whoever it is a crew chief whoever is holding two balls in their hand the driver is holding his hands below theirs 
they drop one ball and the driver has to catch it, not underhanded, but overhanded, catch it as it's going down and replace it into the crew chief's hand upward. Okay. Just, just watch that shit. It's amazing. And then try to replicate it. I bet you can't do it because they're also doing it at different times and in rhythms and the driver is having a catch and go and never breaking eye contact with the crew chief. It's fucking insane. And these people uh, don't get recognized when they go places outside of Europe, really. <laughs> like, people, like they'll go to they'll go to these races at the Circuit of Americas in, in Austin, and I bet they would just they would they could go to Sixth Street, and no one would fucking know who they were unless they were wearing their bright red Ferrari jacket. No one would know who they are. <laughs> I mean, yep. maybe Lewis Hamilton, but that's only because he's a fucking badass. Uh, and he does things outside the sport, uh, but other so. Than that, sorry, no, I t- totally agree. But did you see the American kid that got signed? Yes, holy shit, that kid's good. Yeah, he's a Carter. <laughs> he's like what thirteen, and he got signed by McLaren. Is that who he got signed four, by? Four, fourteen, and he got signed by not McLaren. Um, uh shit. Ro- well, who's Rowhouse? Bauhaus? Am I, no, maybe Mercedes. Maybe it was. No, it was not McLaren. Was it McLaren? Hold on. Uh, <laughs> I misspelled Carter. <laughs> yeah, is McLaren F1 signed a 13 year old okay, American okay. Carter? Uga, he isn't. Uh, he that is not that is not the typical American name. It's Ugu Ugu Chuklu. That yeah, is, so he he he's not he's not from the U.S. He is an American, but he is yeah. Um, his I, I I actually he speaks fluent Italian, by the way. I I mean, listen, um, he uh, New York born. He won last year's European FIA OKG. It's the European Kart Championship, but it ran completely in Italy. Yep. in a bubble. Yep. yep. Uh, but uh, so yeah, that's the other thing. Like when you talk about sports reporters covering un like the uncovered sports, karting. Like go karting, or you know what we would call go karting, but karting around the rest of the world is fucking crazy. Where do these people get the money? Is the question. So here's like, the deal: it costs it costs a good chunk of change. Carbon fiber fucking frames. They get sponsors. Tires that are stupid. I know. I get that. But but what sponsor is like? I'm gonna bet this nine year old dude. You know what's wild? A hundred grand a year for materials is gonna eventually be Lewis Hamilton. So you know what's wild? Well, I mean that's how fucking Lewis Hamilton became Lewis Hamilton. I, I know. I understand. It pays off eventually. But holy shit, that's a lot of wild. Money. Okay, so. You know Lamborghinis, right? Are you familiar with Lamborghini yes. Gallardo? That no, that car? I don't know any Lamborghinis. I'm okay. sorry. What's a Lamborghini? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you know how <laughs> fucking expensive Lamborghinis are. The Lamborghini race cars, what they call cup cars, are like a half the cost of a street street legal Lamborghini. Okay. Well, they they have zero features in them. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was gonna say they're, but they're all the top specs that you're talking about, like carbon fiber monocoque body, goddamn, uh, the baddest monocoque. ass. What a fucking name! It, I, yeah, it, I'm on a cocked your ass. At the, <laughs> <laughs> you you fucking hit a bump too hard, monocoque right up your Who ass. Who came up? Who came up with that? I don't. Like, come I don't on, no. But but when you talk about when you Did talk you, about, I didn't speak English. I'm sure. Well, it's probably a shitty translation. They're like, what does that mean? It's it a French Italian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's probably a fucking Italian being like, monocoque. <laughs> That's what we're going to call it. <laughs> oh my God, they're saying it. They're saying it. 
wait for the French to show up to the track. What yeah. kind of body do you have? Money kick. They're just smoking a long fucking cigarette out of a holder. Money kick. Get the fuck out of here. I, I, and then the Italians just go back like, we made it, we made it. Have we, a Peroni. Have a, have a, that's not what they're saying. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm going to play this. Hear ye, hear ye. It's time for a beer count. Listen to these track beers. Okay. <laughs> Could you imagine if they said, if they if, listen if any okay. no they say like a perfect perfect British accent they're like that's a perfect tire change have a Peroni and then everybody just goes over and becomes Italian when they have the Peroni or <laughs> it, that's a Monty Python bit that's a Peroni and then they have one they're like oh oh ciao. <laughs> just like, yeah. yeah, I don't oh, know God. what what else uh, Vespa. I know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all these like just what else is it? What else is Italian? Alfa Romeo, Spaghetti, and they, <laughs> yeah, Spaghetti Bolognese. They just start naming spaghetti. I mean, that's what we're doing currently when we're trying to come up with an Italian accent. We're just saying calamari oh, over man. and over again. Momentary. Okay, right. so, so we love Italians. They make great food. Listen, if there's and French too, it's great, great French food. A little buttery, but I was gonna know. say it's fatty. But you know what? It's fresh fatty, and that's good as fuck. That's true. It's uh, yeah. So in moderation. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, I bought some. You know what? Let's do the beer count first, and I'll cover what I did ten- tonight. Okay. Uh, Frank, what are you? What are you on right now? Yeah, I'm on that Alesmith Stone collab. Uh, hmm. I don't really know what to call it. It's it's an amber, but it's not an amber. It's like an amber juice. Oh, what what does deal? the can say? Okay, so it says... Oh, God. Dual exposure. It's It has hibiscus and citrus, and it's a double uh, IPA. Okay. It, I'll tell you the hibiscus is only there for color. Yeah, I was it does say, have it looks a little red, bit. like an ambery mm. red. It's not. I'll shine the light through the back of it. Oh, okay. Um, it's oh, it's okay. super amber. Like it's amber, and then you can get a red hue if you go from like up here. Yeah. But it's not. It's it's like a. I mean, really, com- really, it's like red bush tea red is what it is. I was gonna say compared to the 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 wild little thing that I had earlier, it's not red at all. Uh, no, no, no. I, I get that. It's though. like a Roybles tea red. If you've if you've seen that. Which, um, by the way, so underrated tea. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. Uh, super underrated. Super underrated. It's very good. Uh, so yeah, no, I, no. Let me tell you, I used to import that shit in uh, <clears throat> suitcases. That sounds again super during sketchy. my real during my real player days. Uh, trying to get cricket broadcast in the U.S., we used to bring in suitcases of Roybos, smuggle that shit in. the The United States Customs declared <laughs> Roybos as an invasive species in this country. In T version, mm-hmm. that's fucking insane. Because Roybos, you can take a Roybos, the true like. Organic versions, you can plant it, and it, a rooibos well, will grow because they come from the actual bark and the roots of the tree, not just the leaves. It's the actual seed. Yeah. yeah, no, it's the seed that they dry out that you taste. So, in in any case, um, rooibos is delicious. It's it's 
naturally decaffeinated, super good. Add a little bit of milk. I do a little sugar in it. I do a little stevia, and it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it's great. It's a, it's a phenomenal tea. Um, funny enough, though, you used to have to smuggle that shit in, and no one wanted to say anything. Thirteen-year-old Frank listening to real player cricket yeah. and other languages and smuggling rooibos tea in via luggage is just no i'll tell you once royal oh. steve got appropriated i was offended unplug your usb and try to plug it back in we're getting a little bu- oh, bumpity okay. bump uh i'll cover what i'm drinking at the moment uh so i'm on uh beer number three of the cast four of the evening um so after the wild little thing i decided to open up the guinness nitro cold brew which is it smells like fucking starbucks like if you've ever walked into a starbucks i mean i I say that as, like, I don't know. What are you, fucking anti-Star... Uh, whatever. It smells like a Starbucks store. Uh, it is a whole 4% alcohol by volume, and it is straight-up Guinness mixed with cold brew coffee. Uh, you're muted, Frank. You're going off on me. You're telling me something, but you're muted. And- no, I, I, I... Sorry, can you hear me? Yes, I can. What I said was is I don't think I'll be a fan of that. Um, if you're not a fan of cold brew coffee, don't even open it. Uh, no. It's it's just like cold brew and... A, and, and it is what it, exactly what it says it is. And you know what? I'm for it. I really like the old 4% ABV. Uh, I like cold brew coffee. Unfortunately, I opened it about 20 minutes ago, so I'm hoping it doesn't have cold brew coffee effects on me or else I'll be up on it. So, it's, I mean, it's spiked cold brew is what it is. Uh, not not like uh, Pabst. So Pabst has a hard coffee, uh, and that is like a spiked cold brew. <laughs> this is like a good, like, legitimate... Uh, Guinness knew what they were doing or like set out to make this beverage taste genuinely different than cold brew and genuinely different than Guinness. It's, it's good. Uh, I've now moved on to, uh, I've now moved on to my last of my, uh, tri city, uh, area brews. Oh, this is from brutal beer works. Yes. It's the company that puts the gunny hole on their packaging. Parker, I know you're listening. Figured I'd just go ahead and, call it out now this one is called their raspberry crushables brutal beer works uh i mean it looks like straight up like a smucker's label which i'm all for i mean uh, who cares about intellectual property you know what i mean especially when it's a giant mega corporation like smucker's anyway all that aside this is like i said it's their pb and j sour i gotta be honest with you i poured out chunks uh out of this can the smell is like a, it's 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 like you left a PB and uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich out on the counter all day, and it's got that kind of like uh, old peanut butter funk to it. It smells really interesting, and uh, raspberries definitely present in here. Uh, what's wild about these beers, and this goes for um, all these the quote unquote smoothie beers um, that are out there. The texture of the liquid, which is something I never thought I would have to say, the texture of the liquid is, to me, problematic. I I find it very odd um, that I would have to, like, chew a beer a little bit. But here I am, paying, like, $6 a can for it, and I'm, I'm chewing my way through it. I will say... <clears throat> It's not like enjoyable, but it's good, if that makes sense. <clears throat> this is one of the few beers that like while I'm drinking it, 
it's putting off like a bad taste in my mouth. After I swallow, it's like, well, oh, it's actually pretty good. It tastes like uh, kind of like a like an Uncrustables, which also I guess is probably what they were going for with their logo, which you can't see because this is an audio form podcast. Uh, but look it up. Brutal Beer Works, Raspberry Crushables. It's a thing. It happens. I'm, I'm assuming with raspberry, they also do different flavors uh, of, of, of uh, fruit that they put in here. But it's pretty tasty. I will say overall, I am seriously impressed with Brutal Beer Works. Um, the beers that I've had from them, I, I basically bought eight different beers. I was that asshole who went into a brewery and was like, yeah, I want this and this and this and this and this. Yeah, just package them all up. Um, I, I was seriously impressed with all their beers. Uh, every single one of them. They were one of the one of the breweries that I tried early on before they actually uh, got licensed. Uh, but every one of their beers were really, really good. I mean, this one, it's good. It's not something that I will probably ever buy again. But again, to Frank's point earlier, like I can tell that it's good. It's just not my, like, it's not my thing. It's not my cup of tea. Uh, but their other beers, their, their Roast Malone, their Imperial Coffee beer was awesome. They did uh, their, like, triple IPA that was, like, 13%. It tasted like just nothing. It was just beautifully done for especially the high ABV. It was fantastic. Like, I will absolutely be going back to Brutal Beer Works. Um, Brutal Beer, uh, Turning Point, just about every one of their beers was really, really good. Uh, even the Das Boot Goofen, I found myself really falling in love with that by the end uh, of that four-pack. Uh, their Nightmare Dream Pop that Turning Point did, not my jam. But it was good. Like I could, I also identify why people enjoy it, um, and I think that's what makes these like new, the the the, the next generation of breweries like eh, makes them stand out. And I can definitely uh, appreciate that. Um, going back to that nitro cold brew coffee beer, I like I. I enjoy that. Like that, that like if I could put that into like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm still enjoying the the smell of that beer. If I could put that beer into a candle, I would absolutely do that. It's so fucking nice smelling. Uh, sorry, uh, Frank. I know you're coming back from uh, taking the old the old girl out, uh, but I was just I was I was talking about Brutal Beer Works and how I really appreciated every one of their beers that they did. Uh, I'm drinking a, a peanut butter and jelly sour right now from them. Um, okay. It's, it's what I talked about. No, I was telling the people was that it was like the beer that you had earlier. It's, it's good. It's not something that I would probably ever buy again. There's nothing wrong with the beer. It's just definitely not for me. Um, but the rest of the beers that I had from brutal Frank, next time you come up here, we're going to have to go to brutal beer works. Uh, it's not too far from turning point. So it's, it's a little haul from here, but at the same time, well worth the trip because every one of their beers was fucking stellar. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, speaking of stellar, I made a commitment over the last couple of weeks. I think you'll appreciate it once you hear it. Um, but for me, it's really taking a step out there on a, on a limb that I've never stepped on before. So this evening, um, when my old Weber grill decided to shit the bed, um, I broke it. There's a, there's a little gasket inside the, uh, propane regulator and it broke. So I couldn't grill my steaks this evening. We had to go go to Whataburger and grab a meal 
on short notice. And of course, it took like an hour because it was Whataburger. Uh, but I decided to go ahead and season my cast iron skillets this evening. Okay. I mean, and all of them or just the so I have I have two. I have one like uh, 11 inch or 10 and a half inch skillet. And then I have another much smaller one that I bought for doing like my basically my Wagyu steaks. Um, it's like a six or eight inch skillet. Really, really small. But at the same time, like it's perfect for doing my Wagyu uh, New York strips and doing some butter, rosemary. Anyway, I got them to do some reverse searing tomorrow evening. I was going to uh, do the old oven trick where you drop all the steaks in a in an oven-proof skillet, let them get up to temperature for like two hours, and then, bam, do a quick sear on the old cast iron skillet with Wait. butter and rosemary. Okay, but quick, is your... Your oven goes to just like 130? Yeah, it does. Like, Okay, so I know Guga talks about it, and I know uh, Kenji talks about it. Because mine doesn't. Mine can only do 170. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a there's a timing deal, uh, and it's based on the thickness of the steak. And if obviously, if you have a continuous read thermometer, it's much easier to do. But you put the steaks in the oven for a, set, a certain amount of time at the lowest oven setting, let it come up to temperature internally, and then the 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 key is searing it. Uh, at the end, on a high, high, high heat skillet, uh, cast iron skillet. Oh, so you have two going in? Yes. Yep. That's well. That's what I'll be doing tomorrow for sure. Because I have two New York strips that are pretty thin, and I have a thick ass Wagyu sirloin that I'll be hitting up, and I'm fucking so stoked. It's tasty steak Thursday in Brian's house. Yeah, it was supposed to be steak, tasty steak Wednesday um, here at Brian's house, uh, and I had dude. I even went to Walmart last night. Walmart fucked me. I go to Walmart to get my propane exchange because it's only $14 for a tank exchange. That's five bucks discount. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Also, I have three, (laughs) full disclosure, I have three like 10-gallon propane tanks, and then I have one 20-gallon propane tank. I have to go get that filled at like an RV center. Uh, Sorry, why do you have a 20-gallon? That's what my aunt gave me for my birthday, and I really appreciate it because when I homebrew, I go through quite a bit of propane. Oh, okay. Got it, got it. Yeah, that makes so sense. I have a big-ass okay. tank the, out there. For the there. homebrew, that makes sense. Yeah, well, not going to make a whole lot of sense when I switch over to electric. I'll just have a big-ass tank that I won't have to refill very often for my grill, which is fine. I'm fine with that, too. You're uh, going to electric homebrew? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said earlier when I was talking about my new system. Uh, that's gonna, Oh, it's yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I got it. No, it's yeah, all good. Okay. Uh, it, I know that's a big change for me because I'm going from like literally making everything myself to buying a... like brew in a box setup. It even comes Frank, it even comes with pumps. Like I'm so fucking excited. No, I mean about it this. makes sense. It it honestly my, I'm getting too old to lift up a bunch of boiling wort over my head, basically. Yeah, but not even just that. It's like I don't know. I've I've talked to Brian before about like a homebrew setup where they sell them in the it's not a trailer, but it's you know, it's like a it's like a quarter trailer that you just put in the side of your. It's basically uh, like a. It's basically like a a, a a a a restaurant prep table, like where it's horizontally yeah, set it, up and, and it, a giant. One kettle. is just higher than the other one, and just hmm. transfers it over. Yep. Um. So it, I, I totally on top of that, man. Like, I, I'm, there's no reason to actively outside of cleaning lift the liquid (laughs) yeah no well even then like tonight when i did that i was like this is bullshit (laughs) this is so fucked up but i'm excited because i'll be able to brew inside that's my main deal so when it's like 105 degrees outside i can say fuck that i can just brew in the house or in the garage and be fine 
because uh, yeah, you know, believe it or not, propane inside a garage, even that terrible idea. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't know where we got off track on this, but uh, yeah, no, it's okay. So, um, oh, cast iron. Yeah, that's what it was. Sorry. No, it's all good. Uh, yeah, no, it was supposed to it was supposed to grill up some steaks tonight, and I was like, you know what? Let's fucking just. I'd been buying. I've I bought the two cast iron skillets over the last two three weeks, and I'm like, ah, I'll season them later. I'll season them later. In the last week, I could have used them twice, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. It's time to do it. Let's go ahead and season them. You know, rubbed it down with vegetable oil, hit it at 450 degrees for an hour, and then let it cool down for another hour in the oven, and then they're they're ready to go for tomorrow. I'm pumped about it. I hope I don't fuck right. up. <laughs> so. I'm ready to taste the beer. Already? <laughs> yeah, I, I am. Uh, yeah, just because, you know, I like home brews. I think they're... Normally, the attention to detail is actually higher in a homebrew. Right. And if anybody fucks it up, it's really just bad luck. It's not because they didn't... You know, it's, it's similar to, like, if, you'd, if, if you've ever done uh, any sort of sourdough or... Mm-hmm really any sort of bread baking at the house, you can point exactly to when things didn't go your way, but mm-hmm. you know how to fix it. Yep. Uh, at the massive scale, it's way more difficult to figure out what actually went wrong. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I respect homebrew. Like homebrewing to scale, to, well, uh, what I should say is to scale homebrewing is way more difficult. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, than just to be good at homebrewing, which I, I respect that because it's it's a lot of fucking work. Well, and um, that's it takes <clears throat> which is probably why Belgium, you know, they don't respect beers that are brewed to style. Outside of, well, no, outside of five miles from the place that they're serving it. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Like they're all microbrews in yeah. Belgium. Like the 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 shit that leaves Belgium. Which speaking of the Le Chouf, ah, um, <clears throat> you know what? Fun story. So Frank, you're drinking Le Chouf tonight. That's that was what you held up to me. Yeah, but I haven't I haven't opened it yet. Can I tell you a little yeah. backstory about Le Chouf? That's well, hold on. Let me just finish my thought Go real ahead. quick. Um, in Belgium, there is a a culture of you go to a restaurant and you go, "What's local?" You don't say, "I want a Le Chouf." You don't, you don't want to say, left. "I want a Vine or whatever. Like here in America, you go to an Italian restaurant. <laughs> What's better with a pizza than a Peroni? There is not a, there's not a lot of beers that are better than a Peroni to pair with a pizza. Um, and then you better say a pizza. So, <laughs> Yeah, as we covered earlier, just go into racist stereotypes about Italians and then start talking with your hands. Anyway, yeah, yes. Yeah, please give it, give it the full throttle. A, 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 a thumb in between your middle finger and your ring finger and a, I guess it's good. Mozzarella. Yeah, it, yeah. Um, even if you don't want it, order it. <laughs> yeah, and and then tell them leave the mozzarella off. I just felt inclined. I want to. Uh, <laughs> I want to. I want to. Uh, oh, <laughs> I want a pizza with the mozzarella. And you're like, no mozzarella. I'm sorry. I just know how to say that. I want a spaghetti with a side salad. If you put the salad on the spaghetti, I'm going to send it back. <laughs> yeah, if the side salad is on the spaghetti. I'm sending it back. If the spaghetti's on the side salad, I'm spending sending it back. If the meat sauce is on the salad and the spaghetti's without meat sauce, I'm setting it. Back. I'm sorry, what was that, sir? The I want the gabagoo. <laughs> My gabagoo. I want the gabagoo. <laughs> Which, right. by the way, do you know what that is? <laughs> it's a fucking. It's 
it's, like it's I don't even remember what the fuck it is. I'm not even going to go down that road. It's a fucking cured meat. Anyway, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. Belgian no, drinking culture. You, you what get I'm what's local. Is, is they, they rarely go to a restaurant uh, knowing what beer they're going to order. Uh, unless it's a local. Right. You know, like if I'm in Brussels and I go to the same restaurant, I know what I'm going to order. But um, if you, for instance, drive to Waterloo, Outside of Brussels, where Napoleon did his big spiel. Um, <clears throat> his whole thing. Yeah, I mean, Napoleon was kind of a bitch ass, but in any case, uh, had his big stand in Waterloo, and, you know, it was like, fucking Napoleon Bonaparte. Because <laughs> they don't say the A at the end <laughs> for whatever reason. Got it. I got it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, in, his, in his world, he... Uh, you know, he was outside of Brussels, which, why are you dominating anything outside of okay, Brussels? Okay, 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 okay. But oh, no, hold on, historical facts here. Yeah, it's like the size of Iowa, and we're yeah. fucking acting let's like... Go, let's go fight for San Marcos when Austin is right there. <laughs> yeah, fucking weirdo. Any case, not to get too far off track, Napoleon's a bitch. But uh, if you were to go to Waterloo... Hmm. They're not going to have the same beers that they have in Brussels, which is cool. Um, and most people go to the restaurant. They get served. They don't say, hey, I'd like X, Y, Z, like I said, Le Chouf, whatever people from America would order. They get this list, and everything on the list is guaranteed to be within 15 kilometers of the restaurant. And it's th these are big lists. They're not like... You know, and, and if they do serve things from outside, they tell you this is local, this is sort of regional, you know, and it, they'll make it very clear when things are outside of the preconceived notion of local um, in Belgium. It's, it's a really interesting culture and they're super, everybody understands when they go to a restaurant, they're probably not going to get their favorite beer. Um, it's, it's like sort of hyper craft, as it were. Uh um and it's, I just, it's fascinating because the country's the size of fucking like DFW. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. Uh, funny you mentioned that. I was looking up, I was checking myself on my stats here. So, uh, Belgium is 4.5% the size of Texas, which I think DFW might be bigger. Uh, but uh, the state that's closest in comparison, the United States state that is closest in comparison to Maryland? size, Maryland. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, the state of New York is like fucking four times the size of yeah 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 it's a tiny country yeah anyway okay so that check that fact checked yeah uh, uh but you you got le Chouf. have you ever had le Chouf before i have not had le Chouf. um i probably won't have it tonight because i just saw the abv on it yeah it's ain't nothing to fuck with yeah but hi so but it's, it's got a super i mean it's a blonde ale at well, 8%. that's fucking insane. So remember, Belgians do not respect styles. They don't. They don't can constrict themselves to styles. They brew a beer that's worth drinking. That's uh, right. So, yeah. Well, that's a whole different thing altogether. But you can like saisons uh, started in the Belgian French uh, the, the the French side of the Belgian. Uh, wow, the French half of Belgium. Uh, Got it. And okay. they were very much like, oh yeah, light seasonal beers that people ate, uh, drank at the end of harvest fun fantastic they even had sorry what's versions. a harvest uh, harvest like the of after the end of the crop growing seasons in the fall 
they would okay. harvest their crops and then they would drink the beer that they brewed at the beginning of the harvest season or at the beginning of the season. So they would brew a beer about this time of year and they would drink it uh, in like September, October, much like the Bavarians did in Munich with their Oktoberfest beers. Okay, Meritzen's. so quickly, sorry. Yeah. Keep going on that. But if you are at all interested in... It's just going to sound super random. Cool. But I'll forget to even mention this podcast. Can't wait. Real dictators. Oh yeah. They they go through they go through Adolf Hitler at the moment. Hitler. Hitler fought in the Bavarian army mm-hmm. to come back to Bavaria. Um, <clears throat> he was Austrian. He was not a citizen of Germany when he did this. Um, he only fought in the army because he thought it was cool, yep. essentially. He was a fucking and, uh, an Austrian hipster. Yeah, he was a dick rider. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in the end, you know, became Hitler. But it, it, watch, watch, listen to The Real Dictators. It's a great podcast. I will, su- I will sum up Hitler's early days like this. He was a fucking QAnon supporter who decided to storm the Capitol, got arrested for it, wrote a book in prison. A lot of people looked at it and was like, this dude's fucking crazy. And then some real assholes were like, he's crazy enough to lead a fucking Nazi party. And then he became the largest fascist on the planet Earth, biggest asshole, and ipso facto Nazi. Anyway, Hitler in a nutshell. But listen... Six, you know, I think you meant ipso facto six million dead Jews. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, you can't say I mean, Nazi without six million dead Jews because yeah, that's what they fucking did. Anyway. Fucking piece of shit. But it's interesting to to know the the backstory behind uh, Mr. Hitler um, and the world that he lived before 1930. Uh, it's really interesting. And it's also really interesting how the losers of world wars can go on to greatly impact uh, post-World War hit, like societies uh, because Hitler wasn't the only one after world war one who really changed societies in their, in their homelands. Oh, no, and, and the dictators podcast goes through it because yeah. they also do Stalin and just listen to it. it. It's absolutely like society perfected dictators yep. with Hitler and Stalin. And so many of the modern day pseudo modern day dictators, it's all based off the same premise. So yep. Listen to the podcast. It's worth your time. It's really good. In any case, let's go back to Bavaria and the brewery. <laughs> okay, uh, so that Brian was talking about no. So uh, the Belgian beers in general. We we talked about it. Uh, yeah, it's probably two years ago at this point on the podcast. But we talked about how Belgium is like the in between point from French wine making, like classical French wine making, and hardcore beer making. Rheinheitsgebot following Germany, um, and how Belgium is that like melding point between that because Belgium is where open fermentation and spontaneous fermentation takes place and is like was perfected. Um, and then it was also where they decided, Hey, we like that whole fooder idea where we inoculate this fresh wort with natural yeast, but we like controlling it in stainless steel vessels like they do over in, in Germany. Like that's where you have these Ode Bruins versus Lambics and it's all in Belgium and it's all within a fucking a short drive from one another. All this shit's happening. Well, what also happened in that time, like what Frank said earlier about how like all these like local breweries popped up and local flavors also took hold. Um, there were also people like the people who started Le Chouf, 
who saw what was happening in America with craft beer, and they were like, let's fucking try that shit here. So Le Chouf, a classically Belgian brand, Belgian brand, uh, making beers completely out of style, but... Uh, it, it meaning like not in not in lockstep with uh, the beer judge certification program or uh, camera, uh, which is the England's like beer style guide. Definitely out of the Rhine Heidskabot's world because they're using all kinds of ingredients, uh, and they're also using uh, stock yeast strains. They decided to say fuck it, we're doing hoppy beers. So uh, Le Chouf basically started just like a lot of American uh, craft breweries. Uh, they started out of a garage where they were brewing hoppy, hoppy Belgian beers. And uh, that's why Le Chouf, I was asking Frank before the podcast, uh, you know, what Le Chouf meant. And he correctly answered, uh, it means the, the gnome. And that's what's on their little bottles is the little gnome guy. Uh, but it's it's one of those things that identifies, it's it, very Belgium. Uh, to have a gnome on some shit, just weird Hildefeuk popping out on a bottle. Uh, but also when you taste those beers, yes, it's like a Belgian Golden Strong, which is like a Duvel or um, uh, if I forget like another, oh, but, but anything, basically anything marked Belgian Golden Strong or triple. Near as makes no difference, same beer. But Le Chouf, hoppy as fuck, comparatively. And when I say hoppy as fuck, it's not like an IPA hoppy. Um, but for a Belgian beer, it's extremely hoppy. Belgians are notorious for aging their hops up in lofts in their barn, like in the hay lofts. They'll dry the, the hops out up there. They want every bit of alpha acid removed from that from that uh, that vegetal, vegetable material. Um, so that way when they inoculate it in their wort, whether because... In some countries, in order for a beer to be called a beer, it has to have hops added during the boil. Uh, or actually, some somewhere pre-fermentation, it has to have hops added to it. So it's not uncommon for Belgium, uh, Belgian brewers to have old, 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 cheesy-smelling hops. And they literally like add a cone or two uh, to the boil. Because uh, if you're doing... Spo- it's getting real beer nerd shit. If you're doing spontaneous fermentation... Um, the yeast strains that are wild, they do not ferment when in the presence of high of any alpha acids, really. So basically, any bittering agent that is added into the sweet wort will stop fermentation really, really quickly. I mean, we're talking like before, like before it even starts, before it starts producing alcohol, um, that'll happen. So Belgian brewers, it's in their best interest to remove all the alpha acids and oxidize the shit out of the hops before those hops go into the beer. Le Chouf, on the other hand, said, fuck that, let's make hoppy beers. <laughs> so, so interesting enough, you mentioned the, uh, the gnome thing. Do you know where that, which culture in Belgium is responsible for that gnome thing? Fucking, oh my God. We're good. We're good, everything's fine. Okay. <clears throat> you tell which- me. <laughs> Yeah, the Flemish, actually. That makes sense. Yeah, they've got all these uh, superlatives about, you know, gnomes and good luck and all this shit. So, yeah. Hey, it's, it's the, the Flemish are the, like the uh, Scandinavian folk who came down uh, into the Middle Lands. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, shit's always they, wet in, Flem- <laughs> in Flanders. But they, they invented a new language, right? So yeah. their their language, Flemish, is actually the language... 
most the the language most similarly associated to my language is Flemish. Um, so I, Willem and I speak Afrikaans. Flemish is by far the closest. Uh, German is close. Like we can understand a lot of German, but not enough. Um, and then Dutch is is pretty close. We can understand probably about sixty percent of Dutch. But it's not Afrikaans. Flemish, we're about 85, 90%. Like, really? Maybe, yeah, maybe enunciation wise, it's different. It's like an accent at that point. It's, it's, it's almost an accent. Yeah. It's, and 85 to 90% might be generous. It depends on how well you know Afrikaans and how well you know uh, Flemish, probably. But uh, there's a lot of overlap. It's, it, at the most general sense, it's probably at least 50. And then if you know sort of the deep Afrikaans words, that's when things get really, really close. I, um, Flanders is fucking fascinating to me. It's oh, they're, they're, so it's wild. It's the biggest fuck you region in Europe. Uh, it's Actually, it's it, them and the Catalans and the Basque region mm-hmm. of Spain. They compete for like autonomous region of the year every year because they really don't give a shit about whatever else is happening in the country. It's literally like 30% of Belgium is fucking Flanders, and it's right in the goddamn middle. It's yeah. like it's surrounded by the rest of a country, but they're just like, we're, hey, when you, you cross this we're highway. Sorry, we're, sorry, we're sorry about your EU here, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. I, this is Flanders. I can't okay. understand your accent here. Yeah. It's, it's wild as shit. But it's also even more wild is that's where the wild beer cultures come from. Uh, is the Flanders region of Belgium, and I mean, also Fl- Flanders? Flanders can probably be, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is based on knowing quite a bit about Belgium. But they are responsible for a significant amount of the beer advancers, um, it, just in general, right? Like it's so the IPA obviously comes from England, but it's like a lot of the fucking shit that people really enjoy. It's just people brewing weird shit. In well, I mean, that's all. That, honestly, that's all of Belgium in general. So I, yeah. I, I, ha, I am lucky enough to have the opportunity to speak with like true beer scholars. I mean, Ray Daniels, Pat Fahey, yeah. uh, founder founder of the Cicerone program, and one of the youngest uh, master Cicerones ever. Well, let's cheers to being Cicerones. <laughs> no, I'm not cheersing you. You fake Cicerone. Anyway, um, but but like I've had the opportunity to speak with them, and I've asked both of them the same question, like. The Flanders region in Belgium is also one of the like like it's what like it was the bog of World War One, like that's where uh, the that's Brit- where the Maginot Line was. That's where yeah, I was gonna say that's where the French and German armies met and just mm-hmm. slogged it out for years. Um, and it's notorious for being like it was literally just a marshland of bodies and mud. Mm-hmm. And so I had the curiosity like there were there's a lot of like. Uh, uh, Rodenbach is one of the most famous like Flemish breweries that's that lived through like pre World War One and post World War Two, um, because a lot of uh, Belgian breweries, in particular, when they were occupied by when Belgium was occupied by Germany, they were breaking apart these copper brew kettles uh, and making parts or melting them down for like ammunition. Um, Rodenbach or yeah, Rodenbach was one of the few Belgian breweries that lasted through that. And what ended up happening was like the Rodenbach family who owned and operated the brewery actually paid the German armies to operate around Rodenbach. Uh, to, yeah, basically, that they basically bribed the German army, which whatever. I don't fine. ruin this. Yeah, don't please. please don't fuck this up. Um, but like in the end, like they're still surrounded by 
corpses. And in that region, it was famous for it's a low. It was like below sea level. That's why everything was marshy and wet M- always. Most of Belgium is. Um, but it also provided a nice, like what in the wine world would be known as uh, terroir. Terroir. Um, but in this case, uh, the terroir inoculated the beers. And I asked Pat and and um, Ray both, like, hey, wh- is there any um, effect on these wild beers that could be attributed to decaying body matter? Corpses. Corpses. Yeah. And both of them were like, it couldn't give me a straight answer. But at the same time, like they acknowledge that like decaying body material, like decaying humans, it can produce a lot of shit. Well, in, in mass. It's yeah, not, well, we're and, not like talking about just yeah. We're not talking about fifty Ryan people buried outside of Twisted X. No, <laughs> no, we're talking it, hundreds of thousands of people a year. We're fucking dropped in there. Yeah, I mean, so so quick historical fact: the Maginot Line got broken in Flanders. Like it was the spot where once the German army broke through, everything went south. Oh, it went to shit. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, you can't really, so yeah, the Arden forest that occupied a lot of people, but once, once Flanders was like broken, it was done. Well, you know what? France, France was Germany's. So, you know, what's um, also weird. Another uh, key battle point in the war, in the first world war was Louvain, Belgium. Do you know what's in Louvain? uh, Stella Artois. And that's where Waterloo is as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so a lot of a lot of the French and, and Belgian battle plans were actually crafted by Napoleon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they, they were they were attempted by Napoleon. Yeah. And then, <laughs> oh, and guess what? Spoiler alert! Did it again in the thirties. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it didn't work the first time. Let's try it again. Didn't work. Let's try it to the so, east. Oh fuck! It's cold. <laughs> in any case, it, it, all of that is to say. Uh. It is worth your time to do a beer tour, excursion, whatever you may need to do, through Belgium. It, yeah. it honestly, uh, and, and my my uh, my family will hate me saying this. My extended family, the country sucks. Yeah, you've uh, you've the, been on the, record as saying that as Belgium sucks. Yeah, is the word is the the doormat to Europe. It does. It it is one of the doormats. Yeah. Um, the beer is phenomenal. The chocolate is phenomenal. I've also heard the food is really, really well, like well paired with said beer, and that's yes, what but makes I it mean, phenomenal. Okay, yeah. I mean, you can't go like, wrong with fucking cheese and beer. You can't go wrong with it. And fries. And fries. Uh, if, yeah. If you enjoy that, oh. yes. Oh. <clears throat> um, you remember those Belgian waffles that you treat you uh, showed us in New York City before we hopped on the oh, subway? Those, yeah. We were eating. Eating fucking Belgian waffles, Nutella on a fucking New York subway, and I think about that every day. Okay, I'll I think give, I think I'll, about it every I'll day give. as to what in the fuck were we doing? Eating food on a subway, living our best life. What are you talking about? Pre-COVID, like, could you imagine? Living like, I our best can't. life. It, yeah, yeah, it was good. No, we're we're repeating that shit. Um, so here's the thing, right? Like. I am not shitting on Belgium for its culture, its cuisine. No. The weather, the ability to exist sucks dick. And that's why. Um, So if you are like, I'm going to go to X, Y, and Z. Let's say you're like, okay, Frank, tomorrow we're going to La Chouffe Brewery, or what they call it, Brasserie. 
in uh, <laughs> Brasserie. Yeah, in 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 Belgium. I don't even know where this is located. Probably somewhere in Flanders. Um, in any case, we're gonna go there and we're gonna have ourselves a nice blonde and whatever else they have. Yeah. And then you wake up at about, let's say, generously eight a.m. It's vacation. Um, eight a.m. Get some coffee. Get yourself a Belgian waffle. All that might be great, but it might be fucking raining. Oh, and then it's you the go Seattle okay. of Europe. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to go to the brewery at eleven. Hey, listen, if it's if it's or or hold on, hold on, or it might be a bright sunny day by eleven a.m. Cool. You're like, what in the flying fuck just happened here? No, try that for three weeks through a tour in Belgium. Try and be. It, it gets old. It is the Seattle. If you love Seattle, you will love Brussels. Live in Brussels. Move to Brussels. It's cheaper than Seattle. You'll fucking love it. <laughs> I, I mean, dude, listen. I'm not even. I'm not even kidding. Mm-hmm. It is depressing. I feel the same way about Minneapolis. If you if you really enjoy snow and you enjoy mosquitoes, very little reward from the snow. <laughs> move to Minneapolis. You will love the cold and the snow when it happens. And when it doesn't happen, you won't be disappointed because you signed up for it. I just feel like Minnesota is full of mosquitoes when it's not full of snow. I, I it, it 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 is. It yeah, is. that sounds terrible. That's the two things I fucking hate the most. That's right. No, dude, it's like we we've been in payoff payoff period Austin, right? For like since since our big oh, ice yeah, since storm, the ice which storm. Is so rare. Yeah, I was gonna say right, and I, I feel like Frank might have you know called that upon the city based on the fact that he was like, oh, winter's over. And then you did say that you, did that. Down on you said down. that. And then you flippantly said, oh, I just said that. And it's supposed to be a freeze next weekend. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, a freeze next weekend. Un, un, very oh. underwhelming uh, prediction. <laughs> talk, talk about Armageddon. But in any case, <laughs> right? Like uh, we're in payoff period. Yeah. And it extends through middle of June. That's four months of perfect weather. Then Dude. we go back into hot, and it, it, to us, hot, right? We're dry, drier climate, so hot is like ninety-five and above. It's not eighty-five to ninety. Yeah, Minnesota eighty-five and above with humidity sucks, Dick. I, yeah, I so, couldn't imagine being in Minnesota with yeah. a fucking ninety-degree so heat. We're sitting here at ninety, and they're like, "Oh, that's ninety. You're like, "Yeah, ninety, no humidity. It's pretty great. At least it's not one hundred and seven. Uh, Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> so in any case, like you sit here, you know, it's it's hot, but it's not that hot. And then, yeah, July, August is unbearable. August sucks here. It's hot as fuck. But then in October, you're back. It's like, oh, buddy, welcome <laughs> back. Warm hug, but it's not too warm. It's you know, a, it's, like, a, it's a windbreaker <laughs> hug is what it is. And then maybe you get one ice storm a year. Come on now. Like, I honestly, I think it's one ice storm a decade because that's you got to think that's you've true. lived down in Austin for like seven years. Mm-hmm. This is the second time that it's gotten like there's like precipitation that's frozen on the ground, some kind of ice, and then this has been the worst. But yeah, you're right. Hey, it's by the way, how common off off subject on topic here. Uh, how is that big ass? Is it an aloe plant or what sort of succulent? Agave. Agave. How is that? Did it hold up to the ice storm? It's only the center held up. I've had to cut back every single leaf, and we're gonna see if it survives. I don't know. Our it might have to get pulled out of the ground. Our we had a, a nice like aloe plant that we'd been going for like two years, the longest surviving plant in our fucking household. Honestly, uh, it 
dead as shit. Even the center fucking just it dead. Exploded, dead, dead. Yeah. It? Well, yeah. I fucked up one night. I went out to take a leak right at the beginning like when, it, when it dropped below Ooh. zero Ooh, and weird. before the precipitation happened and I walked by and I nicked the like one of the arms of the old aloe plant and I heard it crack and I was like, oh shit, I probably should take this inside. That was a fucking problem. I shouldn't have taken it inside because basically all the aloe inside the whatever the tine or oh, leaf had frozen had frozen and then when i took it inside it defrosted and everything just fucking fell apart yeah uh, so we got new aloe plants um got that going for us and uh i well, think my sage it, is about to die already frank it's been not even been two weeks white my sage, white is, sage is a bitch well it's not um, white sage i look for white sage they just had standard garden oh no, i've sage. got white sage seeds in my fucking garage and i'm not gonna plant it until it's hot i like, couldn't i couldn't age needs no water it doesn't want to fuck with water it, it needs also sun. needs like 18 hours of sun what, what the yeah, fuck is yeah. that it just wants sun it's like <laughs> put me in the middle of the sun i'm good don't even fuck with don't me. touch me don't even look at me yeah no i couldn't yeah. so i couldn't even get my white sage to sprout last year um, no, I got it to sprout, but brother, it did not do much. <laughs> no, I, I was hoping I would Dead. I would be able to get uh, uh, my Whitbeer brewing session in with this sage that I planted because I, I I have a sage Whitbeer recipe that is fucking phenomenal, and I would like to grow my own sage for well, this I'll, recipe. I'll try again I'll, for you. I'll try again for uh, you. I'll do anything. So for um, the little white rye clone, the original recipe that I brewed it called for white sage. I have never been okay. able to find white sage. I've never been able to grow white sage. So I've only used garden sage throughout it, and it's really good. But no, not, the Sam got, Adams you, recipe you, that you I use. Given me, you gave me a project. I'll get some white sage. I mean, if you need, I can send you my uh, fucking grow light that I bought. Uh, no, I've got one. It works really one. well. As long as it doesn't fall over and crush the plants that it was growing, which is what happened last time I used it. Oh, that really yeah. does not sound fun. Okay, so um, I want to say, okay, in conclusion to this cast yes. from my side, um, as tough as 2020 was, 2021 has been really awesome. Mm-hmm. And I really hope 2021 continues to be that way because, um, and it's it's not, I mean, a lot of people who have listened to this cast might be like, oh, it's because Donald Trump's not president. Yeah, I mean, that's part of it, but. Yeah, that um, doesn't hurt. Yeah, but for the most part, it's like, there's this light at the end of the tunnel. It's it exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> um, it's, you know, you're dealing with, there's the possibility of planning things again. Like, hope. One of yeah, one of my main, you know, not my main, but one of our family's main things is ACL every year. Now, we probably won't get to go this year for existential circumstances, but just knowing that ACL is back on and that maybe next year we can make plans to go. Right. Is awesome. You know, like it's it's on the calendar <laughs> for for the Ellis's in Austin. We go like acl what else you know yeah. like we really enjoy going there and it's it's just really awesome that some of these things are coming back because it's not a matter of it, it was always painted as being some sort of existential choice between capitalism and saving jobs and you know health and it was never that nope it's never been that and um Hopefully, you know, 
we reacted early enough to where mutations aren't going to impact us. I don't know that that's true, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're at a point now where there's some light and it's, it's positive and I really like it. Um, it just, you know, knowing, knowing the first vaccine gets you in Pfizer's case, 80%, you know, immunity, but it's not immunity. It's just y y your, your ability to fight off symptoms is, increased and up in the hospital is 80 percent greater right um so it's yeah it's it's just good uh good shit all around and the fact that like if kids get vaccinated with the pfizer vaccine it's 100 percent effective yeah um and also part of the joy is the fact that donald trump didn't actually fund the pfizer vaccine <laughs> <laughs> hey and the moderna vaccine was sponsored by fucking dolly parton which i'm a hundred percent Behind. Yeah, but I mean, she's a fucking. I mean, if 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 the evangelical church watch were yourself, to... watch yourself. <laughs> Dolly Parton is a fucking goddess. No, I understand. I'm saying if they were serious about the message that they're preaching, they would just walk behind her as Jesus 2.0. Like it would uh, be. Dude, listen, there are very few Americans over the age of fifty who have as much respect from me as Dolly Parton. Like, no, I, I think it's it's in general. Like, she's fucking great. <laughs> oh, no, she's an incredible human being. And But that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. If, if, yeah, yeah. if you were walking the gospel that you're preaching, she'd be at the top yeah. of the list for potential Jesus 2.0 candidates. Well, know? Or like, just people you should live like if you're going yeah, to absolutely. Like, live like Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get gospel that 1, on earth. Like, she would start a church tomorrow. She'd be the biggest church on earth. But you know what the beautiful part about Dolly Parton is? She would never she'd start never a fucking church. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. Oh, that. it's I mean, beautiful. No, she's a great, great human being, and um, I, I, it's, uh, I agree with your 2021 perspective. I, I really, it started off rocky. I'm gonna be honest, it was real sketch. First couple of weeks of 2021. Yeah, but you don't, you don't glide into years. Yeah, right? no, and like, it's, you it's still like, have some baggage left over. Well, especially when you got the baggage of 2020. You know, it was like 2020 extra innings until like second week of february honestly and then it kind of fuck it i guess third week of february if you're in texas and oklahoma but it was it fucking evened out it's it's uh it's it's nice now we're good we're good I'm, I'm down with this it just feels calming yeah um refreshing and more importantly it feels as though we have direction right like it's i i find it very refreshing that you turn on um nightly discussions call it news call it opinion articles whatever you do and the 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 center of focus is policy it's mm -hmm. what are we doing here why is this not being addressed and is biden and and and, and the team going to get to everything no they're not there mm -hmm. will certainly be something that they don't get to that is significant. Yeah, I don't think there's a single politician that ever made it through any of their terms in office and uh, like checked every box that they said they were going to check. It's not possible. No, it's not possible. But achievement-wise, um, the most significant, most important thing that everybody needs to um, stand behind and rally for is the infrastructure bill that Joe Biden just laid forth. Hey, it's infrastructure it's week, maybe. <laughs> no, but it's the most important piece of legislation yeah. that this country has faced since saving the banks in 2008. Um, 
This is saving America from uh, all of the generational issues that we've faced for 30, 40 years. I was going to say, uh, half you're a talking century. about the destruction of infrastructure that has not been funded to be replaced. You're well, talking about. And to be, to uh, be just like blunt, 30% of bridges in America need to be rebuilt. Mm-hmm. Bridges, yo. Like, what the fuck are you going to do? And then, and then you're talking about the lowest interest rate environment in the history of this society. Yeah, um, you're talking about 2.3 trillion dollars, which is only 10 percent of our national GDP. Uh, you're talking about uh, the ability to fund the entire reconstruction of America, plus advancing our uh, economy into the uh, green age right so yeah, i was gonna say building, it's it's uh, beyond just like repairing things it's preparing yes. us to actually grow and move forward which is and the, and, not and, been and, talked and, about and these are things that china japan germany england they're doing they're, yeah i was gonna say so, they they're either doing or they've already done if you're if you're not willing to do it how far back are we going are we are we gonna be kenya 10 years from now I, Are we willing to be Kenya from an infrastructure standpoint 10 years from now? That's the question America needs to answer. Yeah. And nothing wrong with Kenya. I was going to say. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Kenya, but they can that operate. is what you're looking at. I was going well, to throw up the, the idea of like, okay, well, you... Mexican roads typically are not the most like reliable. There would be near as makes no difference between the two. Like why even, why even put up a border? Let's just fucking have all the one, all the same. Uh, Yeah. yeah, We'll just be the United States of Mexico. Cause from an infrastructure standpoint, it will, it would look no different. I was going to say it sounds Um, hyperbolic now, but honestly watch how quickly things decay. If you don't address the problems now, like, but drive, drive, drive through the states that have no funding. Drive through Oklahoma. Oh, oh, drive See through. See how Oklahoma. good of a time you had. Do you not remember two years? I mean, I know you do, but the listener remember two years ago when the Oklahoma state legislature was meeting about funding to repair infrastructure in the state of Oklahoma, and a fucking bridge collapsed less than a mile from the state House of Representatives in Oklahoma. Guess what? Didn't go well. I think like there was one a fucking bridge collapsed in the middle of the day. Never a good sign. Yeah, but they bl- they blamed it on stupid shit. Yeah, right? but you know what they didn't bra- blame it on? Fucking fracking and earthquakes happening in yeah. Oklahoma at an unprecedented rate. Why would they? But at the same time, if it was fucking I don't know reinforced to I don't know stand up to the rigors that natural gas and oil well, companies let us put let, on. yeah let us be sure that if it was reinforced natural gas <laughs> fracking liquid with a touch of oil on top it would never get mentioned um, or tax so or tax but I mean in the end right like if you're a reasonable human being and you're sitting at home and you're going. It's not acceptable that I drive to work and um, I live five miles outside of city limits, but I should be able to take a bus or um, there should be an ability to, you know, get to my job without a toll road. Uh, There should be um, an ability to not have to uh, drive on highways that are state and city funded uh, or even federally funded, even though those don't normally go quite as bad but no um with uh shit tons of potholes and and whatnot uh you you really should look at what 
this infrastructure plan is trying to do because uh, it's what we've needed for over two decades. Uh, This should have been something that George Bush tried to push. This is something that Obama tried to, but he did health care before this. Um, Joe Biden wants to make this his legacy, and it should be his legacy. He is the ultimate blue-collar president. Um, He's the guy who's going to push us into uh, working class, uh, uplifting through jobs, through... Uh, improved uh, access to, um, I'll call it infrastructure, but just living in general, you know, like (laughs) you don't need to be, uh, for instance, in Austin, right? Like median home price, city limits, 500 grand, literally two weeks ago. Why? Why? Like there's no limit on land in Austin. Um, so, okay. So what's the city have to do? If you're going to have anybody working at Starbucks, et cetera, et cetera, you need public transportation. You need people to come into the city. Otherwise the city will die from the inside out. Well, I mean, yeah, you're looking at a progressive city like Austin that is bringing people in from other States, like enticing people and organizations in from other States. And you well, don't have a fucking uh, a, a public transportation system that can support that, you're in fucking trouble. I say that kind of like living in a city that has no fucking public transportation, or the public transportation that's offered is insane. It, it's literally unsustainable. Like if you want to actually, I don't know, keep a job, don't take the dart uh, unless you fucking. I don't know, live less than 10 miles from... Oh, you're a state of masochist is what it you, is. You are. Well, I mean, shit. Rewind three years ago to the way my life was in, in uh, you know, commu- uh, like commuting to and from work. I literally was a glutton for punishment. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, there's a lot of shit that has to change. Uh, one of the things that doesn't change... Our appreciation for you, the listener. That's what I did right there. Well, hold on one second. Oh, yeah. We've got, we've got to appreciate the fact that all of this shit. Yeah. If if, and I have a really strong feeling that Biden is going to get something pushed through. Yeah. Um. Old Petey Budge is going to be the controller of these funds, mm-hmm. and that motherfucker, I will trust with ten trillion dollars to spend it in the most effective way. So um, I'm excited. The approach is correct. Pete Buttigieg was put into that position because Joe Biden knew that one of his most crowning achievements would be infrastructure because he promised it. And he would only give it to, let's be certain, if Kamala Harris was not elected as his vice president, he would have put her into a position similar to Pete. Yeah. Um, he has that much respect for his political opponents. So um, he, because of the times, it was time to have a, a, a equal and co-representative to um, our uh, democratically elected system. And Kamala Harris represented that co and equal, you know, representation. And it, it, it was important and it had to happen. Um, 
but she would have been probably in that same position that Pete is in if this get gets you know through everything. Um, and I, I truly believe he's just going to send Pete on some blitzkrieg of like, you know, media, oh, yeah. everything. Go talk about this shit. Go sell it. You're fucking good on Fox News. Go sell it to Fox News because it's important. The, the country has needed this for decades. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking wild. I, I don't know. I just like not having to drive over bridges that I have to hope I don't fucking fall through. Or goddamn roads I, that don't destroy my tires as I drive over them. Or and I like the I like the hope, you know, like just the hope that it might be better. Not on, that it's not a problem because everybody else is like, for for, well, for four years in Trump, it was not a problem. For eight years in Obama's presidency, Mitch McConnell told us it wasn't a problem, right? For. Eight years of Bush, it was never a problem right. because we had all this terrorist shit to deal with. It's just time to deal with it. It's time to improve the lives of people who don't necessarily provide, quote unquote, the most to capitalism or quote unquote, the most, you know, to the fellow citizenry as you might define it within the system. Right. Um, if the system survives, everybody at some point has to succeed. And it's fucking long overdue for the people who have nothing to just have something if this system is going to be able to even continue. Like, it's it's bullshit that people even want to fight for some 400,000-plus earner. Right. But they're, they're putting the guy who lives in a tent down the street even worse off. You know, like it's, it's what the fuck are we doing? I, it's literally we're we're gambling to gamble. We're putting our own yeah. our our own interest in like second place uh, to something we hope to be one day. But also, how how long do you think the seventy a year earner has before they're the homeless? individual on the corner it's not that long yeah so, no not when you look at fucking housing situations like austin and dallas are going through at the moment like good fucking luck good fucking yeah. luck so 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 to drive it home if you're in austin today aus um, as you will yeah aus and you have the ability to buy a house which i do uh i'd like to buy five acres and a house um, there is a world in which you will, you will, not might, will yeah. get outbid by two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, which is on a house. Silly. That's just fucking um, silly. And that's under a million for a house. So let's just be very clear. That's at the very least a twenty-five percent overbid. Okay. If you're just assuming Frank was buying a million dollar house, I'm not going to tell you what we were trying to buy, but I'm just telling you it is an absurd amount of uh, a price increase via list. So if you're sitting around thinking, well, society just needs to run its course, just understand what you're fighting against, because I don't think anybody's sitting around prepared to put down 25% on a house or 20%. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then get told, sir, that's 5%. You need mortgage insurance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After having, uh, like, fucking paying mortgage on a house for a, half a decade. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, that ain't it. <clears throat> I'm with you so on you're that. So you're wondering why people aren't moving? This is it. I know why my mortgage is what it is. Hey, listen. Enjoy. <laughs> that's why when it came time, like Mrs. Brian and myself were like, I'm not fucking calling the bank on shit right now. Like, I'm just going to keep paying what I'm paying and just keep my head down, trying to get fucking buzz cut, and I'll be fine. Because I yeah, feel no, no. like it's, it's blinder. It's blinders <laughs> on Kentucky Derby as a homeowner. Like, even even like, if we I would like I would I would commute 20 percent further if that's where my job was. I'm like, hey, fucking I don't want to move. I got to be honest with you. It's a yeah, goddamn I don't know what nightmare. Else I would buy you, right. Like, like oh, I'm gonna downsize to a fucking like thousand square, like twelve hundred square foot two bedroom house that was built in the 30s. Get the fuck out yeah, of here. Maybe, maybe I'm on the third floor of an apartment with a dog. What? Oh, if oh, I'm lucky, because that. here's the deal, yeah. dude. My mortgage is about uh, uh fucking three hundred and fifty dollars less than the average rent is in my own neighborhood. Yeah, let no, that so sink you can't in. Do that. Yeah, that's it's similar here. It's like. If you were to go rent, you would be sitting in like a two-bedroom, thousand-square-foot apartment. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, Dude, no, no, no. Thank you. Nope. <laughs> next door blew up uh, because someone was like, I feel like I'm getting scammed on my rent. And they put what their rent was. And I stopped. I, I had to st- I had to close the app. I was like, <laughs> I, fuck. I was like, well, thank you, Jeebus. <laughs> <laughs> I am not that person. It was like... Holy shit! I know where your house yeah. is located. <laughs> it's Brian not. Brian actually, Brian got off the app and he said, "Hand to God, I've never seen a mortgage payment that high." Yeah, no. Even when they miscalculated my property tax and we had to fucking prorate that shit, which is a problem. Uh, even then, it wasn't that bad. I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, like, that's. I, I'll continue paying what I'm paying and paying over the minimum mortgage rate. I don't give a fuck. Like, I know that's all, it's all going to come back to me. I'll be fine with it. I'm not just giving it to someone else, which also made me think about like, Oh, maybe I should buy a house, another one and rent it out. And that seems like it's a good deal, but that's okay. I'll that's a whole different offline, beast altogether. One of my biggest mistakes was not doing that. I listen. I know there's like the, Listen, I know he's not listening, but Ali at work, he owns six houses out by us uh, in our neighborhood and the adjacent neighborhoods, and he lives in our neighborhood. He works with oh, me. Cool. Ali is like, oh yeah, dude, you should have bought houses a long time ago. I was like, oh, should I? Thanks. Thank I appreciate you, the. Fu- I appreciate Thank the you. fucking financial advice. He's like, I'm making money hand over fist, even after my wife let me, left me. I was like, Sh- shut up, just shut up, Ali. I, I right, fucking so can't Brian, you. I'll, I'll, I'll break it to you this way. My last wedding anniversary, which is still two months away, yeah, okay, year so like ten months ago, uh, my wife and I were about to close in a house, <clears throat> and we were within. I'm going to put the number out there: ten grand of closing. Okay, mm-hmm. but this lady was being a total asshole. It was it was a pre-built community, right? And they wouldn't budge previous week they gave the 10 grand discount and frank said what the fuck i told you i was interested i wrote up my offer mm-hmm. why is it no longer valid let me tell you frank has taken the humble train back <laughs> because this house is now worth a hundred and thirty thousand dollars more <laughs> than my ten thousand dollars short difference. was yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. 
Hey. You no, know, you learn quick. You learn quick sometimes. And hey, if you're looking for yeah. real estate investments, I think you should look up in the old uh, 380 area of North Texas. It's fucking crazy. Sure. <laughs> if you if you find something that's worth renting, I'm in, man. Like it's, <laughs> I, I, dude. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's, no, it, 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 here's was, the deal. This was it, it was a no brainer. It would have paid for itself. And well, down there, it's got, a, it's a different world altogether. I got so involved in this lady's attitude and the 10 grand. I was like, fuck you, bitch. I'm paying this shit. And then I was like, oh, damn it. I'm and probably going to. And then I did regret it. Did so. she, she fucking paid for you know, a couple like, half a year's uh, mortgage right, on her. Let's wrap it. Yeah, let's we got to wrap, wrap it. it. Yeah, let's before we get. Into, we don't want to go down into a fucking weird place. I get that. Hey, I mean, I. You know what? I feel the same way, Frank. I recently brought back all my baseball cards from my uh, my parents' no, house. No, let's not go there either. Frank, you want to talk about some shit? You want to talk about some shit? Do you have any Magic the Gathering cards? Oh, fuck that. No, 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 no. They may be worth a lot, but here's here's the deal. The amount of cards that I have that are selling on eBay right now for $30, innumerable. I have a shit ton of twenty to thirty dollar cards, dude. And I'm, and I'm like, dude, hey, listen, here's the deal. Brian's gonna have to open an eBay account and start selling some shit because no, just catalog him, catalog him, don't sell him, because the 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 secondary market for cards is only starting to heat up. I promise. Okay, don't here's the deal. Them. I've got I've got four Roger Clemens All Star cards from the Don Russ 1988 collection. Definitely each, don't sell those. Each one of those is worth like fifteen to twenty-five dollars, depending on ver, uh, like a variety of uh, uh, Wait, uh, pres- prestige. Only sell people who have died. Oh, that, oh, no, no, no! I have an entire oh, oh! I meant to tell you this early on. I have an entire stack of crime and sports cards, like people who've been featured on crime and sports. I haven't even gone through my basketball card collection, which is uh, yeah, just rot right. with them. But you know what I found in there? I found a Jim Traber card. Yes, that Jim Traber. It's the voice of Oklahoma State. No, the voice. Of, no, no, no. The voice of OU. Remember, he was oh, on the well, animal. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yes. Yeah. yeah no, 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 no. I'm not talking. About, I'm not talking about uh, uh, Dave Hunziker. No, yeah, I'm talking about no, Jim Traver, the the cock, the, the mouthful, animal, dude, no. mouthful of cock sports animal. Uh, I think he played. He was a pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles or some shit. Anyway, yeah. I found his card. Still it's in claims, the. Cr- he still claims to know professional everything oh yeah of course why wouldn't he i so i have him in a stack of uh fucking uh fuck up cards that i have uh, but no i th- th- literally when you talk about untapped value so i uh, also brought back my cd collection oh i've got i've got a, listen i've got some i've got some stored away and you know what after my my mom's meticulous care of all these things i was like at the time i was like this this is fucking nonsense now i look back and i see that uh uh, houston astros nolan ryan card that i have and i'm like oh no shit okay this is this is worth a couple chunks of change and i look and i'm like oh i've got fucking four of those cards (laughs) Okay. Okay, we're gonna De Beers this shit. We're gonna (laughs) sell one now. (laughs) Wait for a little bit. We're gonna sell another one later. I don't know. See if it comes back up in value and sell sell third. And then I got a fourth on deck. Anyway, uh, with all that said, I uh, I think I think I'll be more active on some uh, online selling programs. Okay. So uh, uh, if you're active 
on your social media accounts. Be sure to check us out over on at No Beer Left Cast on Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to give us a rating over on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can find us over there. Five stars only, please. Leave a quick review of what you think of the show. For Brian in North Texas, I am out. For Frank in far, 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 far north San Marcos. Uh, sorry about your Matt Gates. I'm out. <laughs>